2: Uh, sat down with Matt and Daniel. They host the Everything PT podcast. You can find them on YouTube. Uh, had a discussion. They wanted to talk about, you know, my backstory and, and and how I parallel communications and a communications background with what I do now in my physical therapy career. We even asked the question, or I think I try to answer the question, is Jimmy a real physical therapist? We can get into that, too. Um, just a, a cool discussion. I like to see what they're doing. I like to see the fact that they're doing what I do try to encourage lots of other people to do, including you. Yes. The person listening to this podcast. I mean, if you're able to listen to a podcast and you value it, what kind of communication can you create and share for the benefit of the profession or patients or your personal brand or business? It's communication people. That's what it is. So I was excited to see them doing the thing that I try to get so many people to do. And just, and just between you and I, this doesn't mean I think you should start a podcast. Uh, that's just one way. That's just one how. You could write things. You could share things on social media. Really, the, the possibilities for you communicating, and again, I'm talking to you, listening to this podcast, the possibilities for you creating communications content that clearly achieves understanding, I mean, the possibilities are endless, What you have locked up in your brain is amazing. What you know is amazing. And there's no shortage of need anyway to share that information because it kind of doesn't matter what you know unless you get it out of your brain and someone else understands it. And then from there, it's up to them to decide to use it or not. Remember, our job is to achieve understanding. It's not to convince, it's not to politic, it's not to preach. None of those things. It's to try to achieve understanding. I I hope that comes across here in this episode when I sort of dive into what I do on a day-to-day and and my backstory and the whole nine. So excited for you to hear this. And hey, take a listen to their other guests. I was just going through their YouTube channel. They got a a lot of other guests, people I've never talked to on my podcast. And I have a thousand downloads. And that's great because the more people, physical therapists or people in healthcare, or rehab, or whatever you want to talk about, the more we're talking closer we can get to achieving understanding and that's the point uh thanks to our friends from mw therapy that's an emr you know an emr is to a physical therapist as a hammer is to a carpenter you should deserve to love using it it's time for something better and something customizable check them out at mwtherapy.com where switching over your emr is actually easy our friends at cbdrx Get the ABCs of CBD. I mean, your patients are going to be using it. Do you know how it's going to affect their rehabilitation? Do you 100% know? Well, find out now at CBDRX, the number four, the letter U, dot com. And where's your career going? Jackson Therapy Partners wants to know. They provide awesome adventures in patient care for physical therapists who care about where they're going. Travel therapy. Find out what's available to you. Where's your next destination? At Jackson Therapy.
1: We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This is the PT Pinecast.
3: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Everything PT Podcast again. Uh, Daniel, how you doing, buddy? I'm
0: good, my friend. Good. It's a beautiful. I mean, it's not quite fall here in Atlanta, but I think summer is officially over. You no, know, sir. So- Yep. or jacket earlier i mean i should have taken it off but i mean the shirt I, I have underneath i'm doing some uh home reno after this so it's not really appropriate
3: there you go yeah my jacket's all the way zipped up today it's cold in west virginia i'm about to get in the the hunting woods here in the near future so i'm excited for this weekend good deal is the beard coming back uh, i can't stand it you know it uh, irritates my under my neck and i just i don't know if i'm manly enough for it but well hey man we have a really cool guest today we do, we do. I'm really excited about our guest today. Um, but uh, without much further ado, you want you want to take a minute and introduce our guest. I mean, I think
0: or the I name can. alone, you know, he can introduce himself because uh, you know we we have a we have a couple followers.
2: Is uh, is the really cool guest coming on after <laughs> me? Can I stick uh, around and listen to the really cool guest? <laughs> What's up, guys? I'm Jimmy right. McKay. I'm a physical therapist. And a podcast host, communic- uh, science communicator is how I now introduce myself. Uh, as I like a that. Channel.
0: Nice. Well, like all right. That. So anybody who doesn't know, Jimmy McKay hosts a podcast, the PT Pintcast, where you talk physical therapy and you drink beer. So sometimes, I- sometimes
2: vodka sodas. If yeah. I want to. So
0: I mean, look, I, I don't have any more patients today. I just came from a client's house, so I, I have my beer here. What are you drinking,
2: nice. sir? I'm drinking uh, Lining Kugel Summer Shandy, and it's because I found a six-pack in the drawer of the bottom. You know how, like, some old refrigerators had the mm-hmm. non-clear drawer, and I pulled that out. I was like, oh, God, I have a six-pack of, of this summer beer, and you got your Atlanta, West Virginia. I'm in upstate New York. It is mm-hmm. full. Fall is full swing right now. The fire is going in the background because I it's, like, 60 degrees, but I hate cold, so there you go. that's why I went with the summer beer, to hang on to summer's yeah. time.
0: No, I'm I'm actually finishing off my summer beers. I have a, a Wicked Weed Brewing out of uh, Asheville. Nice. And Sweet. I'm drinking a Dr. Dank IPA, which is brewed with hemp seed. So I'm curious to see like how it goes. It.
2: I like that. Nice.
0: It's got some wow. funky artwork on the front. I like that. I've been to that place in Asheville. Very cool. All right. So, Jimmy, my first question is actually a segue from beer. All right. Like it's it. fall. I love my autumn beers, but there's a lot of debate on pumpkin beer. Yeah. Talk to me about that. What are your thoughts?
2: I never discriminate. So I do host a show where we drink beers and 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 that is a thing that I like to do. It's also the reason I do that is it's a little bit of a shtick. Um, my show was born out of like, hey, conversation trumps presentation every time. Our brains are wired for conversation, our brains are wired for story, not so much presentation. So I watched a presentation as a student, didn't understand everything. Fast forward a few hours ago, I met the speaker in a bar, and in 15 minutes, I understood everything he was talking about. His 60-minute presentation was completely clear in 15 minutes, and we were having a beer to do it. And then I realized that was the reason. It wasn't necessarily the beer, but it was the setting. On stage, he was a presenter, and he was mm-hmm. using the largest words he could possibly use, and I didn't understand what the hell he was talking about. 15, you know, two hours later, in 15 <laughs> minutes, I understood everything So I, so I recreated this right art imitates life. And now like, you know, the whole, the first thing I do is ask the guests what they're drinking and yada, yada. And the reason I do that is just to set the tone, like, hey, everybody, listener, hey, everybody, guest, this is um, a nice fun space where I want you to converse. And like, you know, I say, I'm I'm the best batting practice pitcher you're ever going to meet, I put it right over the middle, because my goal is to get you to be you. So this is a long way of saying, hey, what's your thoughts on pumpkin spice? I always tell guests too, <laughs> alcohol is not required. You know, I'm not gonna discriminate. And I did, I do have like a clause in there. It is the pint cast, but you can a pint is a unit of measurement. You can put anything you want in a pint. I don't care what the heck you're drinking. Come, be energetic and passionate and smart. So I do not like pumpkin anything. I just don't like for, for me. Um, anything you have to put that much sugar in to make taste good. I'm like, well, you then, why mm. is it pumpkin pie? Like, why don't we start with cherry or apple? There's some, I would eat that off the tree or mm-hmm. wherever. Uh, so, but I also don't discriminate is why I'm saying mm-hmm. a guest doesn't have to drink. You do you, let your freak flag fly, pumpkin <laughs> it up. I don't care. I'm not going to mock, but I'm not going to join in. Mm-hmm. Tried the stuff. I don't like it. I do my thing. You do you thing.
0: Yeah. You know, there's the saying, there's a, there's a, uh, a time and place for everything well i think you know there's an occasion for every beer yeah and you know my wife loves it i'm kind of you know i'll, I'll get into it but then after yeah. you know two or three pumpkin spice things i'm done mm-hmm. but i am excited to get some new uh, pumpkin spice i've tried beer. it
2: i mean that's the thing you can't hate something unless you've tried it i've done it not my thing if it's your thing good more for you i'll go do a different thing
3: i am uh i'm gonna bring the group down i'm drinking a premier protein uh <laughs> Cafe latte because I do have patience to see at, at one o'clock today. So bring the group down a little bit. But that's actually how Matt
0: and I met. I went to West Virginia to install an isokinetic machine, and I always get there the night before. And if I'm not, you know, I usually I have an Oculus that I uh, take with me to keep me out of trouble. But I knew Matt Thanks. was a young guy, so I invited him out for beers. Nerd alert. Yeah, super nerd. <laughs> um, I'm actually ranked, I think, 91st on Space In Pirate what? Trainer. I'm a big what, deal. What is the on, game? Uh, the, the Oculus Quest Space Pirate Trainer.
2: So a friend of mine is trying, is, comes to me because I'm like her resident tech person, and I'm like, I haven't tried the Oculus. And she's like, how are the games on that? So they cool? Like Would a 9-year-old like it? Would a 12-year-old with a 35-year-old? Um, so, I think probably nine would be the youngest yeah. it's,
0: it's It's pretty complex and difficult. I have a three and a five year old they can't figure anything out on there yeah, yeah, yeah. um I love it. I love sweating, you know, getting a workout in and it' it's super immersive so I, I love it i I'd, I'd rather do that than sit down on the couch and play yeah,
2: yeah but yeah. Uh, so so that's how you met. You brought the oculus, but what didn't use it?
0: no, 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 uh, he, since he said he'd go out and drink beers with me, so uh, we met up at, at the bar and had some beer and chatted and yeah, that's the best way to the best talk. Best things,
2: best conversations happen at happy hour. Yeah. Welcome to ours is our tagline. I like that. Yeah,
3: I like it. True. But um, now Jimmy, this podcast, um, just the thought, you know, came up. I went to CSM and had the thought about it, and I know there was some debate whether or not you were
2: part of that.
3: I that, do a um, lot of conversing yeah,
2: before What's we, hit record, before we hit record, I'm trying to set it up for the audience before we hit record. You were like, Hey, saw you t- talk with F Scott. <laughs> I am remembering that now. Okay, okay. I do a lot of things and I'm like, was I there for that? Cause sometimes I'll tell stories that I've heard that I wasn't there for, or tell stories that I was there for. So I apologize, but I wanted to set it up for the audience. Well, forgot my where.
3: wife if my wife ever listens to this, she'll realize that I, for I'm very forgetful <laughs> as well. I am not involved as yeah, in, yeah. in that much stuff. So it's a real possibility, but I'm, I'm pretty certain that you were there with, with Dr. Scott fell from St. Augustine at CSM in San Antonio. And I had a chance to sit down and, uh, um, and go through this podcasting lecture. And I found it fascinating on how you could generate, um, increase your SEO numbers and have sponsorship. Yeah. Um, and also just meet some really cool people too. And Daniel and I have done that for the last six months and we've had a, a great home. experience. I don't know about you, Daniel, um, but I, I, we've really been, been really fortunate to have some really cool guests on, learn from them. And um, we, we have some sponsorship relationships that's worked out really well
2: for us. Crazy, right? It's every job I've had since PT, since graduating um, has come either like one step, like not even like 10, you know, seven degrees of separation, one degree of separation from the show. And it was not, I gave this presentation yesterday about the origin story of the, the show. And to be clear, I give the origin story of my podcast, not to just pack myself in the back and talk about how great I am and what innovate, how innovative I am. I want students to see like, you can, um, the line I think I give them is, there's a direct, there's a straight line between any two points. Look what I did, dot, dot, dot. What can you do? Dot, dot, dot. Five years from now, when someone says, I saw you talk at Nazareth College five years ago, and it really it, it, it like inceptioned an idea in my head. Look, and then now what I've and then I meet that person at CSM five years from now, they go, check out what I've done. And I'm like, holy crap, like that's so cool. And people have done that. And I'm like, it took a while to plant those seeds. But when they've come about, it's amazing what just having a beer and a conversation can do. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Yeah, for well, sure. Well, yeah, Jimmy, yeah.
0: this is actually, I was looking you up a little bit, I saw this is actually your second career, you know, going yeah. back to your path.
2: Yep. So you started
0: out as a rock DJ.
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: And, and I'm a big, you know, loved alternative rock from the 90s, all the yep. way to now, there was about a five year period in the early 2000s that we don't need to think about. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. so what, what inspired you to go from that then moving into physical therapy?
2: Yeah. So I'll start, from the, I'll start from the background. When I was in sixth grade, I did the morning announcements. And I was like, what? As a, you know, what are you in sixth grade, 12, 11? And I was like, well, I don't know what this is. But I went home and told my mom. I was like, I don't know what happened today at school, but I did something really cool. And she was like, what'd you do? And I was like, I told everybody when basketball tryouts were and what today's lunch was. <laughs> and the school was supposed to have somebody do the morning announcements, rotate every week to share, to share the, the thing, give everybody a chance. I showed up every Monday and I was like, I'm here to the point where I hosted them from sixth grade through high school. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but eventually a guidance counselor was like, this is journalism. This is communications. I was like, great. where do I go to, to do that? So I did that, got a degree in journalism while I was in school. I did an internship at a very large radio station in New York city called WPLJ, just a big pop station. I met Mr. Miyagi like on my first day, Sweet. which is a cool story. I met Living Newton-John, who actually just passed away. But I remember being like 19 and being like, this is cool for all the right reasons. Second big internship or my last internship was, I worked with Howard Stern at 92.3 WXRK K-Rock in New York. That was before he went to XM Radio and you mm-hmm. know, Satellite. And then, yeah, and then I got to be a radio DJ and run radio stations too. I was also the program director after a while, music director. And that's what I was going to do with the rest of my life. That's what I wanted to do as 12-year-old Jimmy. And I was going to do that until I was 92-year-old Jimmy. Um, and I got to work. I'm, I was the cliche radio DJ. Cargo shorts, Guns N' Roses t-shirt, give away beer, concert tickets, hang out with rock stars, <laughs> play music loud. That's it. that's it. That is what I did. And that was my job. I got paid for that. And that still blew my mind. And my friends were very confused. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I, I stepped in it. I don't know how I did that. Until for the podcast audience, I'm holding up my smartphone. And when these went from being cute to being smart, I saw something and I saw um, trouble. So I was running the radio station at the time. And I remember the first time someone sent me a link on my flip phone and I clicked the link and I had my phone attached to my car stereo through like a hacked wire that a buddy like created so I could listen to music. And I was listening to the, a radio station, KROQ, K-Rock LA. I was in Scranton, Pennsylvania, where I was a radio DJ. And I was listening to K-Rock in LA. And this is like, I don't know, mid-2000s. And I remember just being like, can I curse in this podcast? Is okay. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Said, holy, holy shit. Geography doesn't matter anymore. And the whole drive, I'm like, it was like when you realized the boat's sinking, I was like, Oh God, like I'm panicking right now. I get to work the next day. I tell my bosses, I'm like, everybody needs meeting, meeting, meeting all the people who are older and smarter than me and been around longer. I was like, we have a problem. Do you know what this can do now? And what this is going to be able to do in six months, a year, 18 months, 24 months. We are not prepared for this. And I was told, go back to giving away beer and concert tickets. Like, relax, bro. We got this. Hmm. The narrator as the narrator. They, in fact, did not have this. They did not pay attention. And it was that moment when I was like, "There's everyone is asleep at the wheel in this f- industry. Maybe not everybody, but a lot of people who are important are asleep at the wheel. And a lot of people in this building are not going to have jobs in six months, 18 months, two years, five years. And I, I am sick to my stomach telling you this, but I was right. I didn't want to be the last. I didn't want to be the violin player of the Titanic. I could have been. Oh. I was the program director. Mm-hmm. I would have been the last guy to get fired. But I was like, I do I, now it's like I need to get out of here training for my first Ironman triathlon. And that is sort of like the, the question you asked, how'd you make that? Where'd you go from radio DJ to PT? Uh, was training for my first Ironman, and the guy who would who was just like the, the dude who would o- organize the big local weekly rides was a PT Are either you guys triathletes or cyclists You ever do that sort of thing. I did Tough mutter. Tough mutter. So like when you do a weekly training, like what do you where we where always ended up at the local like pizza place with beer? Mm-hmm. I know oh, a yeah. lot of my stories revolve, Most, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was, every week I'd watch people come to this guy after rides and they'd be like, you know, my back, my knee, my shoulder, you know, you need get PTs and you understand without touching them. He would make their body language change because he did this. He had a conversation with them. Tell me about this, this, this. And I would watch them go from like, you know, my knee, my back to like, Hey, thank you. I'm going to try that. Awesome, man. Appreciate that. And they they looked like they were like hopeful and back to being ambitious. And I was like, I don't know what kind of voodoo is going on over at the end of this table, but I want some of that. What are you doing over here? And he talked to me about being a PT. And I was like, I didn't really know what PTs did. I think I was the average person. I was like, I don't know, like old people. And when you hurt, you know, when you have a fracture or a surgery, I don't really know what you do. And I said, I want to do that. And he fight clubbed me. He was like, I don't think he... I don't think you really want to do. I don't think you have enough design. I don't think you got enough in you. You're just the radio guy. You just hang out and give away beer and concert tickets. And then I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. You're probably right. You're probably right. And then I came back a week later and I was like, I don't know, man, I kind of think this is cool, whatever. And he fight club me again. Come on, man. Don't, don't jump into this half ass like you can't third week. He was like, all right, fine. I know someone who teaches anatomy and physiology at the local uh, community college. I'll get you in. It's late in the semester, but I'll get you in. I jump in. I follow it. He doesn't expect me to. I find this out later. He's like, mm-hmm, this is where we, this is where you divert. And I push back. I join the class and we're literally pedaling in the middle of Pennsylvania. And he goes, uh, how's that class going? Expecting me to go, oh yeah, here's a reason I didn't, I couldn't do it. Maybe I'll do it later. And I explained to him how muscle contracts, like how we learn that in A&P. And he was like, and I was like, oh my God, it's crazy. All these things need to happen for just this to happen or this to happen. And he was like, all right, you're in the right spot. (laughs) I go to PT and I think I hang up my headphones and my microphone forever. And halfway through, I alluded to this before, it was a requirement that we go to one national and one state conference, sat in a room full of a thousand people. We've all sat in these rooms before and listening to someone give a presentation that was going over my head. And I thought it was because I was just a second year student and I'm using air quotes, just a student. I hate that word, just, just a student. And I was like, I don't know. I'm just going to sit here and be quiet because that's what everybody else is doing. I'm not going to raise my hand. I'm an idiot. Fast forward two hours later, I catch up with the networking hour and I understand everything in 15 minutes over a beer. And it just says like, I was like, can, can I scale conversation? And this is 2015 when podcasting was a thing, but it wasn't like what it is you know now. Right. And I had to explain to a professor, like, I want to do this. And they were like, mm, that sounds like a terrible idea uh because that doesn't sound like you're studying because you're here to study and i was like oh yeah no i probably shouldn't do that almost didn't Went. i still had the thing in my gut went to another professor thankfully and said i want to do this thing and here's this thing and she was like i have no idea what a podcast is but it sounds like you really give a shit about this so i don't know why wouldn't you do this if I hadn't asked a second professor, I wouldn't have done it. So that's the idea. I talk to smart and passionate people about what they're smart and passionate about in our in our profession, and I get to share all of it for free. Audience wins, Jimmy wins, guest wins, everybody wins. How how great of a formula is that?
3: That's incredible. Just a, a follow up question, Jimmy. I feel like um, obviously you have a little bit of entrepreneurship, you know, mm-hmm. at, at heart in you too, and I feel like our profession needs more of that because mm-hmm. we're kind of we're kind of bred to just. The employees check in and check out, and we've had a um, Scott Dickinson. You know, Daniel and I uh, talked in previous episode about this, but I feel like we need more of yeah. that. Like we could yeah. have more um, to say. We could have more um, to go to bat with insurance companies if we get on the same page together too, um, and kind of break the mold of things mm-hmm. like that and think outside the box. I think we need that. What? Any thoughts on that? Keep you
2: keep doing what you've always done. You'll keep getting what you always got. Yeah. Like. Bitch about insurance companies not valuing you all you want. they don't care unless you talk to them in their terms about why they should care. Now that's for someone else. That's not Jimmy's jam that might. I'm glad I, I will support the PT political action committee. i'll'll I'll, I'll donate to that and be a champion of that. That's not what I do because I'm not passionate about it. I don't speak of that. i don't I don't speak of that language. Right. You do. If you keep going through the same process, you will get the same result. And when I say it like that, people like, well, of course. But then they go right back to doing it. Entrepreneurship and doing something different, different is scary. That's when you know you're onto something and not everything because it's scary. You should do. You should not jump off a building. Right. But sit down and say, like, am I passionate about this? Because if you are, um, that is going to get you through the suck like even I love podcasting, love talking to people. There's some work behind it, as you guys know, and as the audience probably knows, but that you can get through the suck of something if you really care about it, if you have the passion. So, yeah, I mean, we need more ideas from outside the profession. I mean, I was given a great compliment by by Sharon Dunn. She said something, ironically, over a beer one day, and she was like, maybe this profession needed a radio DJ to, you know, kick it in the ass. And I was like, yeah, hell yeah, Sharon Dunn, I'll take that but if you keep doing the same things with the same ideas and you're shocked at the result, like, pff, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah.
3: I think that's kind of where we are. Yeah. Uh, with insurance companies and clinically
2: too. So I think it's like, good. Like think about this. We, and I understand that there are many different ways to get care, but you do. I and mean, this is the conversation I have with people. Cause I got a buddy up the street who has a cash based clinic, but he doesn't call it that. Cause I'm in his ear telling him you have a clinic how they pay for care, how is not important, right? Tell me about how later. I want to know how I'm going to get this done after I understand if you can help me do me things. That right. comes first. You start telling me about the nine-step process that you got. I'm like, I don't even know if I'm in the right spot. I'm renting, you guys know what a trencher is? Yes. It's like a snowblower thing and it digs a hole if you want to run electric or water or somewhere. Okay. I am learning about this because I am renting one now. The website I went to was like all talking about a bunch of gibberish, this local rental place. And I finally just called him like, do you rent trenchers? And he goes, yes. Okay, great. Now, now I am willing to listen to or read whatever you have because I have to understand that. Go to apple.com. They show you what they're able to help you solve or become long before they tell you how many gigabytes or megabytes or how great their camera is. And we love to not do that. I can't wait to tell you about my education. Don't give a shit until like, what's the line? People don't know how much uh, care, how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Right. That's bullshit too. They only care about either of those things. If they think that what you do or care about can help you do what you care about. Talk to me about me. It's the sexiest sound I've ever heard. I'll, I'll listen to you all day if you're talking about me. And we start most PT conversations talking about ourselves. And no wonder people ignore us. And other people, other industries and professionals, understand what I just talked about. And they are running 10, 20, 30 miles ahead of us. And then we bitch about them. Well, the chiropractors yeah. and the blah, blah, blah. Oh, are you pissed they're doing it? Or are you pissed they're doing it better than you? Yeah. Which one is that? Answer that question before you move on. Yeah. It's the dentist
3: for me, you know, because yeah. I have some friends who are dentists, and I'm just like, y'all have killed it. You've really
2: done a nice job. Yeah, dentists or chiropractors just look and they go scoreboard, bro. Okay. And it's not even a money or a patient thing. It's like I'm helping more people my way. Are you mad I'm doing it? Or are you mad I'm doing it better than you? I think you're mad they're doing it better than us. I, yeah. I, I'm mad they're doing it better than us. I'm, there was a, there was a thing on a on the on a Mets game the other day. It's called leg exercise. I haven't even watched the ad, but people were on the Twitter. They were on the Twitter talking about it. And it's like a pass. It's like a CPM machine. It's like, hey, strap your legs in this and we'll do leg exercises. And people are like, this is not evidence-based. And this isn't actually going to help them. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm pissed too. What are you going to do about it? Yell at leg exercise or show the people who watch the Mets game with that ad on it a different way they can achieve their goals. Don't tell them how to achieve their goals. Make sure you understand. Hey, do you want to run? without pain do you want to be able to lift your grandchild without back pain? start with that and they're like yes i do and these things sound like opening lines to infomercials because people who write infomercials know how to communicate things or sell things i think it's communication you might think sales Ugh, it's icky it feels dirty great sit in your clinic alone and feel clean or sit in your clinic with your a potential patient and know that you're able to help them your choice
0: Looking for a way to improve sport-specific training with your athletes? Then you have to check out BlazePods. BlazePods is a neurocognitive reaction training intervention that can be incorporated into your sessions for patients throughout the treatment spectrum. Visit blazepod.com, enter code EVERYTHINGPT at checkout, and save 15% off your order today. Hey, all you rehab specialists out there. Do you have an isokinetic dynamometer just sitting around your clinic not being used? Little known fact, isokinetic machines that aren't used regularly are at higher risk for bouts of sadness. Help your machine out and take CSMI's newest CEU course, Isokinetics 101 online, created by me, Daniel Bodkin, and learn how to use all the exercise and testing applications available on your machine. With new and exciting rehab techniques in your toolbox, your sad isokinetic machine can become an active member of the rehab team again and regain its happiness. Isokinetics 101 Online by CSMI has been approved for eight credit hours for athletic trainers, physical therapists, and physical therapy assistants. Contact your state board for details on specific requirements. This course is available at humacnorm.com courses isokinetics-101. Well, Jimmy, my hot word of this whole conversation is other than beer is uh, communication. Right. And that's yeah. that's everything, you know, not only are we communicating with the patient, but within within the staff, you know, you're communicating with your insurance, communicating to the doctors. I mean, uh, marketing, everything we do is communication. I can talk all day. I have no problems with that. Um, but what do you say to that person who's an introvert who, who tends to clam up when anytime somebody's in front of them, how can they yeah. learn the skills to communicate?
2: You want to be able to lift more weights, uh, frequency, intensity, time and type do something hard often make it a little harder when it gets easy. So like, I don't think you can use the, I'm an introvert or extrovert excuse. Extroverts are louder and more comfortable doing it. Why do, why do people, and and I have no research on this. We'll just go with anecdote, right? Why are, why are extroverts better communicators? I'm not saying they are, or they are not probably because they're doing it more. So they, they either got better or just, uh, better at being crappy whichever way you think they are are introverts bad at communicating i don't think they are i think they communicate they might communicate differently because now we're talking about personality types versus mm-hmm. communication types so that's where i don't want to murky murky the waters but how do you get better at communicating suck do it more suck a little less do it more suck a little less the first time i ever grabbed a microphone and went on my college radio station where nine people were probably listening i did my first mic break hit play on my first song ran to the bathroom and vomited i was so nervous had I stopped there? Because I was like, this sucks. This is icky. Why did I get sick? Why Why was this, you know, why did this make me feel this way? It made me feel that way because I cared so much. I wanted to be better. I was willing to, to go back in that room with a mouthful of vomit after I'd rinsed it out and say, okay, I'm going to suck a little less now. And I I have to know that 10 years from now, I'll be better, but I'm going to suck in between now and then.
3: Well. Yeah, you know, I think that's an important and just a good quality of life. You know, like our first recording, I've Daniel, I've listened back at it and we're I hate it. We're not that great, you know, and our, our sound quality is not good. You know, I'm doing weird things, my lighting's awful, but yeah, you know, we've gotten a little bit better and better and better, and we're gonna continue to. And I think about my practice as a therapist in 10 years and how day one looks. Absolutely nothing like today does. I'm embarrassed at my day one.
2: You should be embarrassed. You should hate episode (laughs) one. You should hate it. Why? Because you were bad? No, because you're so much better now. Right. You're like, I can't believe that's the same person. Good. Good. But you can't get to episode 100, my friends, and you know this, but this is for the audience. You can't get to episode 100 or patient 100 or business pitch 100 unless you get through 1 and 15 and 37 and some of those suck and you learn things you step in bear traps and landmines and you get your foot blown off and you go oh, that was a mistake and then you just don't do that again
3: yeah so jimmy just a follow up question from from daniel just to piggyback um so on communication i feel like the the smartest people in our therapy schools do not necessarily make the best therapists per se okay. i feel like people who are the best communicators make I don't say the best therapist, but highly effective um, yeah. therapist. What are what are your thoughts on maybe that's some a more formal it. education in our um, in our preparation and yeah. schooling and things along that
2: line? I and mean, That's a loaded question. Right? Of course, I'm going to say yes. Sure, um, but it goes back to what I just said, right? People don't. I always screw this quote up because I hate it now, which is like they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. It's like they don't know what they don't know until you show them, and then if you lo- if you confuse people you lose people. So you could be super smart, but if I can't understand what the hell you're saying, it doesn't matter, right? right. If you never bother to communicate it, it also doesn't matter because if I don't know that. If you can give it to me in me terms, talk to Jimmy in Jimmy's way. This is why like, people know me as the guy who talks because I talk a lot. I also do a lot of paying attention and listening and looking. Mm-hmm. I read body language. Now, I did not do this formally. I did this by sucking by interviewing people in radio and not doing it well, and then replaying that back and being like they were telegraphing what they wanted you, the direction they wanted you to go, and you didn't go that way, so they were annoyed or whatever. So it's it's uh, verbal, nonverbal, and paraverbal. So everybody knows verbal and nonverbal and paraverbal is also how you do things, right? You guys are really exciting. You guys are really exciting. I said the same thing twice, but the second way was a little bit differently. Right. So I think, yes, I agree with you. It's a loaded question. Ask communications guy if you if you think communication is something that should be taught more formally. Yes. I, I've been screaming this from the rooftops. I'm now developing something for schools to plug in. I don't know what that solution would be because I can't bitch about a problem and then not offer a solution. That would be disingenuous of me. Sure. So I'm like, hey PT schools, if if someone did this, this thing that you say you want or know you need did it for you because you don't have someone to do it, would that be of interest to you? And everybody I've talked to has been like, yes, where do I buy? And I go, cool, let me make, I always like doing that too. Ask, make sure there's interest in your product before you go and put a ton of time, effort and sweat, blood and tears into it. Um, so yeah, so anyway, long answer to your short question. Uh, I'll use another quote. Uh, the message that successfully communicates one thing, the message that successfully communicates one thing is infinitely better Than the message that fails to communicate, two things. Congratulations, you you jammed 10 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag. I don't (laughs) understand. And you you know how the kids would say it these days? TLDR. Too long, didn't read.
1: You sent me a giant
2: email with 4,000 words, didn't read any of them. Or if you sent me an email that said, I have the solution to your communication problem, click here. Which one do you think just communicated an idea more effectively? Which one's going to get more clicks? Which one showed that you paid attention? to your audience. It was about them, not you. That's why you win.
3: Yeah. I just learned that with a, um, the job posting, you know, I listed everything about our, our, um, our staff physical therapist, job posting, all these things you get. And it was a mile long too. And I'm realizing that it was way too long and we have that, you know, that was too long. Didn't read. So what did you do?
2: On. How did you, how did you change or did you change?
3: Yeah, we did change. And, uh, now I'm individually emailing um, people. And I am also, um, saying, you know, do you want to, you know, not see 30 patients a day? Uh, um, talk to me you, about me.
2: I don't want that. Keep going. Personal. Right. Right.
3: Um, what else do you want to be immersed in the best community um, continuing education, um, annually? Do you want to have the best equipment? Uh, right. Right. Leaning in, um, in so physical therapy, you know, and those things like that, You're then, keeping- uh,
2: Give them breadcrumbs.
3: You might have, yeah, you might be a good fit for our clinic. Would you be willing to have a 10-minute conversation with me? Yeah. And then I can, you know, get that person in. And then once I talk to them and get them on the phone, it seems to go a lot better. Again, just because our method of communication has improved, I think.
2: Your yeah, your 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 type of communication, you gave them digestible bites. You laid out a breadcrumb trail for me that was very simple for me to follow. And I'm mentally saying yes. You're also weeding people out who don't want that. Great. Good. Don't waste your time. Don't waste theirs. It's a breadcrumb trail. This sounds like an infomercial. Don't you hate it, WAN? Would you like to do and make fun of infomercials all you want, but they make billions upon billions of dollars. But what they do <laughs> is they help people feel like they are getting closer to a solution for their problem. Shit, isn't that what we're supposed to do? <laughs> right. Right.
0: Well, Jimmy, you know, there's a big term that's thrown around a lot lately called the imposter syndrome. And, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit older. I'm, I'm one foot in Gen X, one foot in millennial. Nice. But I almost feel like people didn't even know they had imposter syndrome until they heard it. And yeah. now they're like, oh, I don't feel I'm part of that. And I think that's a big part of it. People are coming out of school and they don't think that they are, you know, they don't fit that mold. Right. And really, it's like, well, if they never even heard that term before. Would they even feel that anymore?
2: So, so I would say, so I never heard of imposter syndrome until grad school as well. I find it magical when you talk to someone who puts words to your feelings. And now the reason you're hearing about it more is because we're talking about it more. I don't think it created the thing. I think people are now, it's like mental health. People, I think the prevalence of mental health is probably the same. The amount we're talking about it, now is a mm. ton more for and for good reason. I think imposter syndrome is, you know, not a mental health professional, but it's. I think it's something that was always there. I had it. Um, never, when someone put words to it, I literally was like, "Oh shit, yeah, no, no, I got that." So, did it make more people have that? I don't. I don't think so. I think it just put words to people's music, mm-hmm. and words to their feelings already. And now they're like, now that they're able to sing that song, because now there's words to the song.
0: Yeah, but I think the problem is is moving on from that. Yeah. Okay. Recognize, you know, am I? You know, you have that patient sitting in front of you, or you're going to marketing and you're talking to a doc. Yeah. Um. It's, okay. How do you know? What advice do you have for so somebody to move it? on? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Other um, than
2: you know, get more reps,
0: like you mentioned no, no. earlier.
2: So so say that, say the scary thing out loud, I would say. Man, I feel like, and and say it either to yourself or say it to people you know are your tribe, like your people, the people you call, not the people you send the highlight reel pictures to, the people you send like the mud on your face, I just failed hard and they're going to go and they're not going to say, it's going to be okay. Those people are nice. The people are going to go, yeah, you fucked up. Didn't think about that, huh? And you go, yup. And then they go. You're still a good person at heart. You did it for the, like, you want those people because those people, you're actually going to listen to them. The really nice cheerleaders are great, right? You can do no wrong. The super important people are the people who are going to give it to you straight. And they're going to go, you fucked up, man. Like, this was bad, right? Not fatal, though. And look, you're actually good enough for this. And I'm going to say it whether you believe it. I'm going to say it until you believe it. And that does not cure it but it makes it better for the short term. I think this is reps. I think you have to keep doing it because that little imposter syndrome is going to creep back. I think that's also a sign that you're not a psychopath. (laughs) I mean, there are some people who are just like, I'm 10 feet tall and bulletproof, baby. Look how freaking, I mean, I've worked (laughs) with some of these people. I can do no wrong. Everything that I say, I piss, what did did Will Ferrell say and tell it, I piss excellent. I wake up in the morning, piss excellence. (laughs) Like Will Ferrell's character is a little freaking nuts, right? He needs to be brought down to earth. Um, I think if you are down to earth and you don't have this, I'd question your personality a little bit, right? We should doubt ourselves a little bit, but it's that weird flirt. It's like Icarus can't go too high or you'll melt the wings. Can't go too, mm. too low. You'll freeze the wings. There is a middle ground. And the only way to know that is to go too high and to go too low.
3: Mm-hmm. I, I do love Talladega nights for the record. I think it's probably <laughs> my, my favorite comedy out there, uh, oh, Jimmy. Check so it back. yeah, <laughs> check it back. but, um, just talking about, uh, I want to take advantage of you while we're here since you, I would say, um, just an incredible communicator. Uh, I wrote this down, so I wouldn't forget, but you know, some things that I do to help build that therapeutic alliance. We had JW Matheson on, um, several mm -hmm. months ago, but we talked a lot about building the therapeutic alliance. I'll write down some notes about, you know, what this person did for a living if they're retired. Um, you know, one person, I remember we wrote down the names of their horses that they love to do, um. And what they like to be called to. Any other tips uh, for new graduates out there, yeah. just to yeah, we, in, improve that therapeutic alliance
2: immediately for people like that? Did I talk about this before we hit record? The the thing I did in the pediatric clinic, I talked about it before I hit record, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so, so I was yeah. in peds, and I I changed my 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 patient intake form, which obviously gets filled out most of the time by a parent, and I added like, what are your child's like three favorite movies or TV shows or YouTube channels or songs? Mm-hmm. Because the fun part impedes, which again, this is a side topic. why do we stop making why do we do pediatric p t all about fun and games and and things I like, and then we go to adults who make it about boring crap? I don't like I don't know It's a different that could be an entire <laughs> different episode but i had a there was a patient in our clinic, and I watched as my mentor Amy o'malley um had this uh child who was. Difficult to uh, work with. And I'm using air quotes, right? Patient not is non-compliant in clinic. And she would play Veggie Tales. And that girl did whatever Amy was suggesting that day because she paid attention to what the girl liked and paying attention to what someone's horse's names are and what they do for a living. Where are you most you? What are the things that you know, make you you? I get it. You got to have name and social security number and address and insurance on your intake. Cool. Maybe that stuff doesn't need to be on the intake. Maybe that's the first conversation. But I remember being in so many clinics as a student and as a, as a new grad. Well, no, not as a new grad, as a student, um, where it was like, your subjective is 10 minutes long. And I'm like, not long enough. Because mm-hmm. I got, how am I supposed to figure out you in 10 minutes, right? I don't know. Maybe it could be 10 minutes. Maybe the person is introverted and that's all I'm going to be able to get. or I will overload her or him. But if I'm rolling step, I thought I was in charge here. I'm the PT, right? Step back. It's, I'm getting this and you get a ton of information. I mean, give someone enough um, microphone cable, give them enough space and time. They're going to tell you at least most, if not all the answers. You've heard other people say that I've taken that line or idea from other people. Give them room. They're going to tell you why you're there instead of what brings you in today? Well, my knee hurts. Okay. Not enough information. Right, my knee hurts, what do I do? Oh, okay, I know exactly what to do. No, you don't. Keep circling. I give it uh, the onion method. You guys ever peel an onion? Sure. Okay, where do you start? You start, I don't know, you cut it somewhere, whatever. And the fun part about an onion is if you cut, if you try to cut right to the middle of the onion, you cry, right? You get all onion in your eye. So that's not effective. So the idea is carefully cut somewhere on the outside, get that husk gone. Once you get the husk gone, you can actually peel an onion just keep going layer, 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 layer. It's, it'll fall apart if you go carefully enough, and you won't cry. But what's mm-hmm. at the middle of an onion? Nothing. No no seed, no nut. The process is the reason. The reason is, why do you peel an onion? So I could have little bits of onion. I need some of it. Not all of it's useful. The husk is actually the superficial crap on the outside. I don't, need, I don't really need that. Maybe I do, but most of the time you don't. How are you? I'm doing great. I don't know. That didn't tell me anything great. Right, so the process is actually the reason you peel the onion. To peel the onion, gotcha. Very good information. I made it up.
0: <laughs> I was thinking Shrek the whole time.
2: Is wait, is that from Shrek? Is it? Did I steal that?
0: No, no, no. Um, oh, Shrek okay. was trying to explain how he is like an onion because oh, he has many layers.
2: Oh, okay. So I might have actually gotten that from Shrek and not, or 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 played off of that. But I remember thinking like the process is the. The process is the purpose. And peeling an onion gives you nothing except a whole bunch of smaller bits of onion. And that's the idea if you're going to cook it. Very good.
3: Um, Jimmy, just uh, shifting gears here. Do you do any clinical practice right now?
2: So I asked asked students this question and I tell them not to answer out loud. It's like, pick a card, but don't show me. Answer this question before I talk to them. I say, is Jimmy a real physical therapist? And I said, don't answer. Don't answer. And then I explain I haven't treated a patient one on one in four years. I have a degree, I have a license. Does that make me a real PT? I don't know. Don't answer. Don't answer. Um, I work in a research lab, but don't conduct research. I do not work in academia. I have not worked in a clinical setting. And what else? Yeah. So it's like clinical, academic, or research. I do not work. I do not conduct in there. But I do. I'm I'm employed by a research lab at Mount Sinai Hospital. And then I tell them my journey. I go through like half hour, whatever. I tell them the stories I told you. And then I say, now here, before before you answer with show of hands, is Jimmy a real physical therapist or not? There's no maybe. There's yes or no, right? Um, I say, think about this. My show gets between my podcast and the Mm -hmm. YouTube channels and the social, whatever, gets between 60 and 120,000 downloads a month. And I don't know how many views on YouTube and social media impressions, whatever, whatever, whatever. That's all cute. But if I have a conversation with you guys and someone listens and learns something and they go out to help one person or 50 people or 5,000 people over their career, does that make, can I ever touch a patient without ever touching a patient? And then I just stop and I say, is Jimmy a real physical therapist or not? And then I'm like, (laughs) and so they vote. And obviously I'm standing in front of them. So of course you are, right? I'm not going to be a jerk, but I'm like, think about this, right? Like, do you have to do it the same way as everybody else? No, I would say being a clinician and treating one on one, it's fantastic. If that's what you want to do, you should. This is not better or worse. This is different, because for me, I can see a way to do many things at once, and I love it and feel fulfilled by it. Still have imposter syndrome. There are days when I'm like, "You are sure. worthless." Um, But yeah, that's that's how I, I explain it.
3: Okay. Well, it kind of reminds me of uh, you know the saying: "If you if you." Um you can catch a man a fish or you can teach a man to fish and he'll feed himself yeah. for a life kind of thing. And yes. so in a way you're kind of educating the people who are going to be with the patients, you know, so rather than seeing, you know, a couple of patients a day or 15 to 18 a day on a really busy day, you yeah. know, you're helping all of the, the, um, the therapists themselves. I think and that, that carries a lot of weight too.
2: Neither is better. Neither is better or worse. Yeah. This is just different. And that's where like that, you know, line from Sharon Dunn was still, you know, because I look up to her and she's like an idol to a lot of people makes the hair of my arm stand up, which is like, if I could do it from a, with a microphone. Like, what could we touch and there's people that have come on my show. Uh, there was a guy who started a clinic in Vermont, Snow Beast Performance and he came on the show because I reached out to him on Instagram and I was like dude, this is really cool. You, you treat snowboarders and skiers and you're a super niche practice. Come on the show and tell everybody like whatever. Did not know this until live in the episode. And I said, who gave you permission? Like he wasn't even from Vermont, like moved into Vermont and was just like, I'm going to set up shop here because this is where, this is where skiers and snowboarders live Mm -hmm. and went there and that's what he wanted to do. And he said this to me and this made me feel like full circle. Like he gave me my per, like he was like recognizing the purpose. He said, I listened to too many people on your show who just went and did it. And I said, why not me? And I did yeah. it. And I was like, hell yeah, I didn't do that. I just, I created the space for those guests to say it. Mm-hmm. And I put it through the iTunes and let, he, and he found it somehow. And now he's got his own practice and he wakes up in the morning and puts his feet on the ground and goes, hell yeah. That's awesome.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, so I have a pretty non-traditional practice and um, I, I never would have thought to do it this way if it weren't for people like you. Or the prehab guys. Or Or or, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Danny Matei, that guy's awesome. Um, But yeah, it's because of people showing that, hey, you can do it your way that I was able to realize, hey, I can figure this out. I can do it how I want to. I I can step outside that mold.
2: Why in infomercials do we show people using the process, using using the product? Why when that person, that director for that infomercial or for commercial specifically puts people who look like their target audience in the commercial because you're sitting there and the first person to do it the first person to launch a cash practice or whatever everybody's like he's gonna sail off the edge of the, the earth he's gonna die that ain't gonna work why because it's never worked before mm-hmm. but the 50th person is like hell yeah but you still need to do because it's still a leap like this is your job and your livelihood and your food and your mortgage and if you have a family like this is and that's where it reps the more you hear those people talking about it and going this doesn't sound so outlandish anymore. It's like it's like they give you um, uh, a really like rough piece of wood. That's what you are. You're nervous. You run your hand over a rough piece of wood. You're going to get a splinter. But if every time you hear someone else's success or doing this, you just take that really gritty sandpaper and you just swipe it over once. Once ain't going to do it. It might not. You do it again. You do it again until eventually that piece of, you're like, this feels like it could be smooth. I could actually do this. And from that moment, if you decide to take the leap, it's buried deep inside of you. Now you've got the passion. Now when the suck shows up, you can muddle. You can find the solution to the whatever pops up, the suck. Um. But sometimes it takes 5,000 swipes of the sandpaper. Sometimes it's 500. Sometimes it's 5 million. I don't know. It's different for all of us.
3: Yeah. I feel like our field needs more of those thoughts. Yeah, thinking differently because those insurance companies have us bent over a barrel. We're seeing our best clinicians go cash back because they're just like, listen, I ain't dealing with this. Mm -hmm. And I kind of get it because we are traditional based. And that's why I'm really interested to talk to Danny Matei about that um, a little bit more in the future. Do you read his book? Yeah.
2: What's it called? Uh, Fuck insurance, insurance, right? (laughs) (laughs) Tell me, tell me his book called fuck insurance, right? Doesn't scream to the exact person Danny wants to talk to. And -hmm. that's why he's got a book and a course and a podcast because Danny's like, just listen. And if you want to mm-hmm. take the leap that I took and that I take with my clients every day, mm-hmm. do it. Danny's just sanded, he's just sanding the wood mm-hmm. every day until your until your log is smooth and you're like, I'll take the jump.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I took a BFR course at his clinic when I moved to a, a, I moved here to Atlanta and I was like I'm not gonna work for somebody and uh took his course. He, you know, he showed up at the end of the day, gave me his book. And that kind of really launched,
3: you know, what I'm
2: doing because yeah. of that sandpaper just and i
3: i think it's great that when i was a student i didn't have you know there was podcasting but i had no idea i didn't care about it but our students have such access to people like you jimmy and hopefully this podcast to just have more of those thoughts i think we can plan in their minds and then they can change it can change their trajectory in huge way because we're here because i sat in a yeah it you know in a lecture that you gave you know earlier this
2: year so hey I mean, the the students kept asking questions every day and I do student conversations. And if you're a student, you want me to do a Zoom, whatever, like Zoom allows me to not have to get on a plane to talk to your school. And we'll do it live because some things can be asynchronous. Some things can be recorded. And that's great. Sometimes you want to be the person poking and asking questions. Cool. And that's what I get to do with students a lot. And it was me and two other people on a panel at Nazareth College like yesterday. And I said, you're going to hate my answers because I'm going to repeat myself four thousand different ways and i put it in the chat i said the answer all of my answers mark my words will be people and every answer i gave was a and i and i some of them weren't people and they were like well that's not person and i was like no nope, reduce the fraction boil what i just said down and at the at the base of everything i just said was people 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 right podcasting Jimmy- lets you connect at scale it's not fancy. This is spoken word, what we're doing right now. This is what our ancestors did. This is what our brain is wired to do. It's just we can have this conversation in Atlanta and West Virginia and upstate New York. And now someone in Colorado, California, Oregon, Texas, Oklahoma can hear it three days from now, three weeks from now, three years from now. It's insane when you start thinking about that. It still blows my mind. And I do this for a living. I'm still dumped down by it.
0: Well, Jimmy, yeah. before we get back and you, know, you get on that
2: trencher, how can people find yeah. you? uh we we kept it simple uh we called the show pt pint cast huh physical therapy we drank a pint cast if i had to rename the radio the, the podcast i probably would like it's cute and everything like that and people mispronounce it i'll tell you all the time people are like uh if you wrote out p-i-n-t you would say pint 99.9 percent would say pint. people for some reason when i put it pt pint cast pt pint cast i'm like that is not it but okay <laughs> as long as you type pt pint cast it goes to the same website so yeah, the podcast is on all the socials. We're on YouTube. We're, we're wherever you, our target audience, or the people we want to serve, already are. That's where we are.
3: Very cool, Jimmy. You're very generous with your time. Thank you for the you know the course. You yeah, uh, know, way back when you had a mob of people around you, so I didn't want to bother you then. But thank you for your time. And, thank you guys uh, you for
2: doing to- it and actually listening and saying why not? If you know, if not now, yeah. when? If not me, then who? And you did it.
3: You know, I think, Daniel, our microphones cost like 50 bucks,
2: and that's it. And now you we know, make... Now, now, hold on a second. So, so you got microphones, right, for 50 bucks. Yeah. So you're at 100. Mm-hmm. You got your time, which is not cheap. Right. Are you ROI positive on creating this podcast? Oh, yeah. By factors of 10, right? By multiple yeah. factors, right? And was it nerve-wracking when you did the first episode and leading up to that first episode? Oh yeah. I'm going to fail, and people are going to laugh at me. Here's the best part I tell people. So I coach organizations and people to launch podcasts. And I say, if you suck and no one listens, they didn't hear how bad you sucked. (laughs) Or they only heard it once and they went away. And the only way to get to episode 100 and be less sucky is to suck at episode one. I'm sorry. Very sorry. That's it.
3: And I encourage people to just try to, because Daniel and I have tried, and you know, we've got to interview people like you, Eric Maeda, George Davies, JW Matheson, and just, and the list goes on and we've learned from, from those people Daniel, I'm sure you've learned a thing or two. I know I've learned a ton and like it changes our trajectory. Like we were talking. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, let me ask you this. What's your goal with the podcast? Then I'll tell you mine because we're has got to have a goal or else how do you know when you've achieved it? So what's your goal with this show? There's no wrong answer, but what do you guys, and it could be, it could be individual for each of you.
0: All right. So my main goal, other than Matt asking me to do it was, um, <laughs> I needed to fill up and tell my wife I did a lot of things that way. She didn't <laughs> make me get a real
2: job done, <laughs> done. <laughs>
3: My initial um, hopes for the podcast was to increase the search engine optimization, Great. but Great. it's interesting because it's kind of molded to being a platform for us to just scream from the rooftops to students and to just try to talk about uh, the, the the reimbursement for insurance. Yeah. Kind we keep coming back a lot because it stymies a lot of our pay sure. and just a progression in the field. I think so.
2: My 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 goal is with I have to have a micro goal and a macro goal, right? My micro yeah. goal is with each episode, have fun and learn one thing. I mean with that's a pretty low bar, but that I have to do one thing. I've done that. Right. You learn and have fun multiple times in each episode. Macro goal for the podcast. And I said this to my professor when I was still a student. I said, I want to be the voice of physical therapy. And she said, What does that mean? I said, I don't know yet. So I'm still going towards it. And I have to clarify that for it to be a real goal. But what if I could teach a hundred people how to launch a podcast? Right. That looks like a really cool Venn diagram. Like, and how that explodes and spreads. And the only way to, you know, the only way to really build a tribe is you have to have a common, a common, uh, Seth Godin said to build the tribe, a common um, belief or an idea that you all agree in or want to learn more about and a way to communicate with each other.
3: Yeah.
2: Right. And a podcast is one way communication. But as soon as you have that social media channel, that email, that phone number, and you can close that, you can open or keep that loop closed, Yeah. now you can build a tribe. And other people have done it. This is not just me saying it. People have done it. You've listed many of them. And that's the way the rising tide lifts all ships. I'm a quote machine today, I feel like.
3: I like uh, it. I like it, man. The word that comes to mind there is exponential growth. You know, you get that factorial effect, too. And I, I think the more we talk about um, things like this, I think it just the better for the future of therapy. and, and it's, um, I know Daniel and I are eager to give back as well. So I feel like it's the best. And you are,
2: you're giving time and someone else is benefiting, right? They're not yeah. paying you for podcasts. That's the beautiful thing, it's free knowledge. Can you monetize other things? That could be a completely different episode or conversation, yes. Sure. But if you lead with a give, very rarely lose. Very rarely lose when you lead with an honest give. Very true.
3: Well, Jimmy, thank you again for your time. And uh, thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you guys uh, next week. Thanks guys.
1: Like what you hear? Tell a friend or leave a review on iTunes or Google Play.
2: The show today is brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. The Brooks IHL offers seven on-site PT residencies, including orthopedics, women's health, geriatrics, pediatrics, sports, and neurology, as well as a neurologic OT fellowship, a competitive OMPT fellowship, and a speech therapy clinical fellowship. Therapists that complete a residency or fellowship through the Brooks IHL will markedly advance their knowledge and skills in a specialty area of practice. Learn more about how a residency Your Fellowship can help you advance your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet, ptpintcast.com, created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting, providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com.
1: The P.T. Pinecast is a product of P.T. Pinecast, LLC. It is hosted and produced by P.T. Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk P.T., drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the P.T. Pinecast. The P.T. Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.